Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hola, mujerones. Bienvenida to our podcast again. I am so excited for today's conversation. I have a very special guest, Maria Victoria. She is a master certified somatic life coach, UCF trained family nurse practitioner and breathwork meditation guide. She has a passion for helping humans socialize as women realize that they are their own best healers. I am so excited to have her here today. And just a quick disclaimer, we you might hear my son in the background because as I was connecting with uh, Maria Victoria, I let her know that he was going to be here. And she actually encouraged me to go ahead with the recording. So out to all the mamas, you know how that is. Maria Victoria, muchas gracias for being here today uh, and for sharing oh. the space. I'm so excited mm. to get to know you. Igualmente, no, primero muchísimas gracias a vos por tenerme acá en, en tu programa y me parece fantástico, right, that you said, I have two options, right, to let the fact that I'm a mother and I have this incredible gorgeous Ezra on my lap here, keep me from doing the thing I want and need to do to bring a, all the healing work you bring to the world through your podcast, or I can show up in my authenticity, and say, no, mira, soy mujer, soy madre, soy podcaster, esto es lo que hago, right? And and the show must mm -hmm. go on, uh, right? And I saw you doing that, stepping yeah. into that full authenticity, and so uh, un aplauso, it's Thank amazing. You. Thank you so yeah. much, and I think it, it takes, you know, having like even the, the that support from yeah. you as my guest, it's like, let's go ahead and do it. So let us know a little bit more about you, and uh, all the amazing things that you do. <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, so, a ver, I'll do my little, my little elevator pitch bio. My name is Maria Victoria Albina. Uh, I use she, her pronouns. I live on occupied Monse Lenape territory, just north of the ever-wonderful New York City. I am, if you can't tell from my accent, Argentine. I'm from Mar del Plata, which is about four hours south of Buenos Aires. And um, I, yeah, I'm a functional medicine nurse practitioner by training, a somatic master, master certified somatic life coach. I got so many words, girl. And I'm host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast. And yeah, I'm really passionate about helping women in particular to get back into our bodies because there are so many forces that really demand that we disconnect from our bodies in order to quote unquote succeed, no? And to get through life and, uh, the somatic or body-based work I do is really all about helping us to reclaim our agency and our choicefulness and to recenter and ground ourselves within our bodies because our bodies are, that's where our wisdom lies, right? Our abuelas, their abuelas, their abuelas, la tatara, 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 abuela knew that the body and our connection with the earth, with Pachamama, that's, that's where our wisdom lies, right? And so oh, an important way to decolonize our lives is to return to the wisdom of the body. I love that, especially with all the different phases of life, right? 
Mm. as women that we go through. And I think for me, especially like body has always been a big, big thing that comes up for me. What would you say has been like one of the key things that has been so transformational for you through those different phases that we go through? Yeah. So my work is, so somatic practice is really about uh, remembering how to listen to the wisdom of the body. And yeah, like you're saying, there's so many times where the world we live in today demands that we disconnect, right? Um, demands that we put, or, or requests really, that we put ourselves last in a way that is really painful and harmful. Um, my focus, you know, is, is both the somatics, the body-based practices, and what I have come to call emotional outsourcing, which is the constellation of experiences of codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing thought habits, right? Altogether, that is emotional outsourcing, which I define as when we chronically and habitually source our sense of safety, worth, and wellness from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within, right? We don't know how to manage our own emotions. And so we seek to manage others. We don't think we are worthy. So we make everyone else more worthy than us in the hopes that if we do enough for them, we people please them enough, we chameleon and we shapeshift and we change and we show up how we think they want us to, then they will think that we are worthy of love. And then maybe finally, maybe someday, we can think we're worthy of love. So what's inherent living is believing that taking care of us doesn't really matter, especially not until we've taken care of absolutely everyone else. And this can start in childhood, right? Per parentified children are children who take on a parent role. And this is a really important point, particularly entre Latinas to pause and say there's a difference between intergenerational living no, and the way children help around the house, particularly in the global south and are, are part of the household, part of the village, part of the trabajo diario, right? There's a difference between that and being parentified. No, so it's not like a, a kid who's doing chores, like cool, tranquila. Parentified child is one that's taking on adult responsibility, often being a pseudotherapist for a parent, taking care of children, um, the younger than them, in a way that's beyond like, I'll say, I'm running to the bodega, can you watch the kids for a minute? You're eight, right? Which is like, I think that's chill. It depends on the kid, but you know what I'm saying, like generally speaking. Um, so uh, when does this sort of emotional outsourcing start? And you're talking about these transitions in life. It can start in early childhood, right? Where we, we come to understand that if we don't take care of the family system as children, no one will, right? That we come to see that parents are not emotionally and energetically reliable, responsible. Many of us grow up with emotionally immature parents, right? And, or thinking about nuestra gente, parents who immigrated here under duress, right? And, and may face all sorts of uh, aggression, macro and microaggressions, 
right? Who really may have had to face, yeah, duress, right? A lot of struggle when they when they arrived in the U.S., whether they were leaving during a dirty war like mi gente or uh, an outright war, <laughs> right? Um, or secondary to the effects of late-stage capitalism. So for whatever reason, we can start these habits when we're little kids. We can grow into um, these moments as we start to date, right? If we our attachment is not secure, meaning as children, we didn't feel like we could safely reach for a grown-up and a grown-up would respond to our attachment cries, our like, help, I'm a little kid and I'm scared and I'm, ah. Right? If we didn't truly believe someone would reach back, bueno, right? We Our nervous system starts to understand or believe that we're not safe in the world, right? So when we start to look at each of these different moments of where this emotional outsourcing can begin, the thing that is most has been most helpful for me, and I'd say for my clients, is really going back to when that shift happened, bringing in a lot of love and care for those inner children, those little inner you that um, started to have these really painful beliefs. And we do that through meditation, we do that through breath work and through somatic practice through movement, different movement-based modalities that I bring into my work. Uh, and then when we're working with our adult self, we bring in thought work, which is uh, based in cognitive behavioral theory. And it's about looking at our thoughts uh, and shifting our mindset, which is super duper helpful. Uh, and the limitation of it is when the issue is not in the mind, but in the body. And that's when I bring in somatic practices. So we can complete the stress activation cycle of growing up in these painful ways. Um, so we can get these issues out of our tissues. I can definitely resonate and that we can unpack when it comes to this. Um, I'm very interested in learning more about what the somatic is. I feel like it's a, a very newer it's a newer term, but um, that I have been seeing, obviously, I'm sure that there's there's more history there. But for the listeners that don't really know and are, aren't very much aware of what it is, could you give us just a little briefly what, what that would be? Yeah, so somatics, uh, let's start with defining terms. So the term soma means body in Greek. And somatic practices are those practices that help us to return to our body in its wholeness. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, we get really split off and splintered from our authentic self, right? And we start living into the version of us that we think people want us to be in order to prove our lovability, to earn our lovability, to have people think we are worthy and good and good enough, all towards the goal of feeling safe. Right. That's all the nervous system wants is to feel safe in the world. And that starts, of course, with being safe in ourselves and with ourselves. And the way a nervous system feels safe is through the body. We can't think our way to safety. Or say it doesn't, that's not how brains work, right? So because you could stand, I don't know, on a battlefield somewhere and think, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe, but your body's gonna be freaking out, right? If there's a lion running at you, you know you're gonna want to run. So we need to work with the body in order to create felt safety. And that's what somatic practices do. And so they're a way of, it's a, it's like a new language. I'll say not a new language, right? Because it's our birthright, right? We were talking a, about your a beautiful, amazing son, Ezra. And 
he was born like you and I were born, knowing how to listen to our bodies, knowing how to hear our bodies, knowing, um, you know how they say babies have those the five length, five a vocal sounds and faces that they all make that mean different things. Like I'm wet and I'm hungry, et cetera. They know what cues mean what within their body because they haven't been socialized and conditioned to believe anything else. Right. And so if we just taking my cue from the baby, right? Like if you were to ask five of your women friends, particularly five, five moms, right? Five busy women. Um, what do you do when you feel the urge to pee? I'm going to say that four out of five are going to be like, well, I keep working because I probably have like seven more things to do. And I know I'll go, go pee within some, like sometime within the hour or maybe within the like next 17 hours or maybe within the month, I'll probably definitely pee within this calendar year. But actually first I got to go organize the Legos and make the lunch and write that memo. And you know what I'm saying? And so we lose touch with the impulses in our body. We lose touch with those signs from our biology that say, mi amor, para. Para. And through that process, we lose touch with our humanity because we lose touch with the fact that we are animals. We are mammals, no? And we forget to treat ourselves like taller toddlers, which is what we are, right? And so when we have stress, distress, and trauma, we so many of us have are out of touch with our capacity to process those feelings through our bodies and out, right? So instead of going, okay, here, let me back up. When a baby, any little baby, let's say one a little older than Ezra, someone who's who's a little more verbal, no? Um, let's say they're playing, they're five, six years old and they're playing, playing with another kid and they fall and they hurt their little finger and they come running and they are very upset. Right. And they crawl on your lap. If you attune to them, they crawl on your lap and you say, my, mi amor, what's wrong? And they say, my finger hurts. And you kiss it and you give them a little love and a little care and you attune to their nervous system. And then all of a sudden they go from sobbing to perfectly fine. They get up and they run away and they're like, okay. So that is the nervous system going through the entire stress activation cycle. Right, there was an injury, they react to the injury, they attune to a bigger human, right? Someone who can bring them safety. And through that attunement, they're able to regulate their nervous system and release that panic, right? Release that rage, release that upset, release that fight or flight activation in their body. So they give a little, they, they sob and sob and sob. They give a little shake. Usually you'll see if you start to watch kids, a physiologic sigh, their body will just go <sighs> on its own. And that's when they say, okay. And they get up and run, right? And they're super happy. They're content. As adults, we don't let ourselves do our version of that, right? If someone says something that's painful, most of us don't start sobbing or you know what I mean? Don't let it be known. Hey, I'm hurt, right? Especially human socialized as women. I would say, especially Latinas, right? We are trained to be good girls, right? I mean, your girls call name Maria Victoria, right? Hello, Catolicismo, right? Really trained to be a good girl and not cause trouble and not upset anyone, ¿me entendés? 
And so if you're upset, if someone offends you, someone hurts your feelings, something's stressful, something's traumatic, we hold it in for the most part. And so instead of it, um, that stress energy in the body having an outlet the way it does with the little kiddo with the crying and the attunement and the sigh, all that energy stays within us. And it stays trapped in our bodies and causes us to, um, it has downstream effects on our physical health, right? And I think anything from hypothyroid, Hashimoto's, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, candida overgrowth, chronic vaginitis, fertility issues, on and on right? Largely digestive issues, migraine too, but digestive issues and, and this stress cycle go together. And it also causes um, concerns in our mental health, our mood, our energy levels, our sleep, and it impacts our ability to be responsive in the world. Because instead, when all that stress is stuck in our bodies, we are reactive in our autonomic nervous system. Yeah. And so somatic practices help us get in touch with all that energy within ourselves, so we can release it, we can change it, we can shift it, we can complete the cycle instead of holding it with it. Uh, thank you so much for explaining it because I think that it, it definitely gave me a more uh, a big, you know, just a more um, clear understanding of what it is and how it can help us. Uh, I think that a lot of the things for me has been learning through my son and watching him, right? Like some of the things that you said, how is it normal for a child to be able to express their feelings? But as an adult, we kind of not allow ourselves to do that. And one of the things that you talked about was our nervous system and how important that is for us to be able to really just become our best, the best version of ourselves. That's one of the things that we talk a lot about at Mujer on Movement. Uh, I know that you had mentioned um outside of our recording in when we first connected how it really allows us to also step into confidence mm. it really allows us to be able to go after our goals and I know that a lot of the women listening that's one of the things that they really really want to work yeah. on confidence we yeah. have building those big dreams how are some or what are some yeah. of the what is Hi, Ezra. Ezra wants all women to be confident. I can tell. Mm -hmm. He's letting us know. <laughs> what are some of the tips or some of the tools that you can share with us when it comes to our nervous system helping us step into confidence? Well, it's all about self-trust, right? So we are most confident. We are most uh, in our power. We have most contact with our agency, which is our ability to be choiceful, right? To make decisions for ourselves and our lives when we are grounded in ventral vagal, which is the safe and social part of the autonomic nervous system. It's part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And that part of our nervous system um, it has a lot of purposes, but one of them is optimal cognitive function and, and a mood that is calm, easy, tranquila, right? Like there's not a good word in English. It's just tranquila, right? Like, right? Like you're sitting on the beach, you're with your friends, or my Argentinos, you're having some mate. You're just tranquila, right? That's ventral vehicle. 
And when we're in that part of the nervous system and when that is our steady state, right, where we spend most of our life, then confidence isn't so much of a question. It's just, it's just what we have. Because again, let's think about babies. So, Sonia, mi amor, have you ever met or heard of a baby who doesn't screech their little head off whenever they have a want or a need? No? Right. They are confident. They know what they want. They know what they need. And they are not scared to absolutely demand it. Right? And so that it comes from that ventral vagal. It is our, we are all born knowing how to say what we want and need. Now, somatic practices help us to have a, a, a felt experience of what it is to be in our own ventral vagal, what it feels like in our body to be grounded and centered in ourselves. And somatic practices teach us how to recognize, ah, para, para, I'm getting a little heated here. Right? I'm going from ventral vagal, safe and social, up into the sympathetic nervous system, where uh, sympathetic is fight or flight. It is uh, adrenaline-based. It is stress hormones. Cortisol is a late-stage hormone in this stage. And it is when we're at, we're, wow, we're worked up. We're lions. Lions are coming. They're going to eat us. They're going to destroy us. Carajo, run. Run. Right? And when that nervous system is the dominant, is where we are most of the time, we're not confident. We're doubting everything, right? We feel urgency. We feel pressure. We, our whole life is pressured. And when we live in that state for long enough, our nervous system, it's like it loses its capacity to keep up so much push. And it goes into what's called dorsal. <sighs> dorsal is, it's checked out. It's disconnected. It's, uh, it's just a, uh, it's just not present, you know, it's just dorsal is, is well, the feigned death response. It's a deer in a headlight. It's a possum playing possum. Dorsal is sitting on the, on the couch, scrolling your phone with the TV on, like just sort of blank, you know, it's depression or it's the road to depression, right? That's more of the acetylcholine kind of state. And it's, um, it's what happens. It's burnout, right? It's burnout after so long of revving the engine hard, hard, hard. We are not, how can you be confident when you're checked out? Impossible, right? And so what we get to do is to practice stepping into awareness around what's happening within our nervous system and then doing one of two things. In acute moments where the world sort of demands that you calm yourself so you can be efficient, effective, safe, you learn how to calm your nervous system, right? Like, okay, I'm in this meeting and I'm feeling myself getting hyped up and I know that getting hyped up is not going to help. I need to downregulate. Or, oh, okay, I'm in this conversation with my boss or my partner or my sibling or my parent. I feel myself sort of starting to check out. Come on, Maria Victoria, oye, come here, come back, come back. Right? we can pull ourselves back into the room. So those are really vital skills that help us to step back into confidence when we feel ourselves able to manage, regulate, and change our experience of our nervous system, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Yeah, and I'd love to share a tangible tip for that in a second. 
If this podcast resonates with you and you are ready to stop playing small and you want to take meaningful actions to bring your big goals to life, but you feel like you don't even know where to start, then I invite you to apply for private coaching. This is the most intimate way to work with me. Inside private coaching, I help you get clear on your goals and together we create a roadmap on how you are going to get there. This is for you if you want to start a business, or a passion project, if you want to reach the next level in your life, or if you are the first in your family to break generational cycles. We meet once a week and you get access to me on Voxer so you are always supported. This offer won't be around for long, so if you're interested, I invite you to apply using the link on the show notes. All right, amiga, let's get back to the show and I cannot wait to talk to you. The other thing we can do is to really practice befriending our nervous system. And so this we don't do when we're like, I don't know, we're standing at LAX, or we thought our flight was about to board and they're like, oh no, we changed terminals and you have 10 minutes to get there and you've got two kids in tow and no other parent. Right, that's not when we work with our nervous system to bring, that's not when we do healing work. You know what I mean? That's when you run. <laughs> but you calm your nervous system enough that you make sure to actually bring both children and the luggage and your cafecito and not murder yourself or anyone else in the path. You know what I mean? So then the other way to work with the nervous system is to bring healing to it. And that's, that's the real work. And that takes a, in my experience, working with a trained guide, such as myself, I'm trained in a sensory motor psychotherapy as a coach uh, and somatic experiencing, a movement for trauma with Jane Clapp. You know, this is my focus over the last 20 years is training in these modalities. And when we work to heal the nervous system, what we're really doing is bringing the focus back to the body and making the medial prefrontal cortex in the brain, which is the watcher, which is our third eye, which is our awareness. We're giving it the support it needs so it can, uh, can really guide our our mind and body to rewrite the old pathways of stress, distress, and trauma in our bodies into new pathways that are more supportive of living our lives the way we want to. Yes. I, I love that you said, you know, there's differences between when you have to act and go, mm -hmm. but, but know enough for you to calm your nervous system. Right. There's a healing part because I feel like right. a Sometimes we get stuck on like, I got to get in my Zen and I have to do right. the healing. But I, I love that you're, you're welcoming the other side as well. Oh my gosh. Because listen, sometimes you got to run. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to, you got to do pick up and drop off. You got to, life's got to keep moving. And so, and what I also see is, is the opposite side of it is that like, yeah, they're like, I, well, we got to get into our Zen and do this deep healing. But I also see folks mistaking calming the nervous system with healing it. Right. So if your nervous system is getting activated by something, you're getting revved up and you step in to change that experience and tell your nervous system, honey, not now. This is an inconvenient time. We need to shut this reaction down. That's beautiful and important when that's the right choice for your life, but you're not healing your nervous system. And that's okay, but just know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like if I eat ice cream, I know what I'm doing. I'm, there's going to be a bellyache, but like, I know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's like almost taking that intentional 
action and like totally probably not like for example going back to the eating ice cream if you know it's gonna cause a stomachache like just being intentional that hey I'm, I'm making this choice and it's okay and not beating yourself up for it afterwards exactly um, so I, I want to talk now about like the tangible part right okay of yeah women are find themselves in that place where we were talking about like the burnout and like just not being able to take that action because they just feel so overwhelmed. What are some of the maybe more tangible steps that they can take right now that would really help them move forward? Yeah. With, uh, with getting to know your nervous system so you can heal it. Yeah. Such a great question. Well, you know what? I do actually want to start with teaching a, a calming exercise. Do you mind if I start there? Right on. Okay. Because yeah, I, it is so important. So also when we start with calming exercises, one of the beautiful things we, we do is we build trust in ourselves with ourselves, right? So if we have been outsourcing our trust to everyone on the planet, particularly if that's how we were trained, right? Growing up, um, it, it, it can be really powerful to understand that, that we can calm ourselves, right? We don't have to call anyone else, a partner, a spouse, a parent meant in this, like, I got me. So this one's so simple, which is why I love it. You can do it anywhere. No one needs to know that you're like doing a nervous system calming cosita. You know what I mean? Like, it's just tranquila. It's between you and you, right? So if you are feeling revved up, you're feeling, I have to energy. You're feeling like lions are chasing you. I'm getting anxious. I'm getting worried. I'm getting overwhelmed. Oh my God, my to-do list. Pa, 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 pa. Right? If that's the energy you're moving into and you want to calm your nervous system, I want to invite you to take your paw, either paw, and we're going to just for our, for now, we're going to put it in front of our face. So we can really see it. And you're going to take your thumb and you're going to touch your first finger, right? Your pointer finger so slowly and say one your New York finger and say two, your ring finger and say three, your pinky finger and say four. You're going to come back even slower. Four, ring finger three, New York finger two, pointer finger one. And you're going to keep counting back and forth and back and forth. And usually around the third or fourth time, fourth time, I go, so we're doing there. It's so good, right? You felt it? Yeah. What did it feel like for you? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's so good. Right. And you didn't need to look to anyone but you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so true. So um, I love that. Go the slower you go, the better, even though like it gets, an, it's like, oh, but then it feels so good, you know? Um, and I love you for that. Oh, my pleasure. And then the, we do the opposite if we're feeling detached. So have you ever been in a conversation, Sonia, where you're just like, you're getting overwhelmed or you're getting like, whoa, and you just feel yourself sort of pulling back a little bit emotionally, like you're disconnecting from the conversation and you want to stay present. You, you, if you may be kind of need to stay present, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that dorsal shutdown we were talking about. And the thing to do for that is to do that same finger thing, but fast. So one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, 
right? To start sort of bringing a little more movement and a little more energy into the nervous system. So what we're doing is your nervous system is always asking this question. Would she be doing this if she was being chased by a lion? Right? And so would she be counting her fingers slowly? No, of course not. She's not an idiot. Would she be stopped and counting her fingers fast if there was a lion at her ankles, like trying to have her for snack? No. No, she would not be doing that. That would be dumb. And she's not dumb. Right? So really slowing it down when your body's going fast and starting to slow, like speed it up, gentle, gentle, when your body's really slow. So doing that, you asked, how can women do this work of building this trust and this somatic connection with ourselves? It starts with awareness. Right? And noticing when you're getting dysregulated, meaning you're leaving ventral vagal into a sympathetic activation or dorsal shutdown. And it's not just the momentary, right? You're sort of staying there, right? Because it, it's not dysregulated if there's a lion run. That's not dysregulated. That's an appropriate response to life. But dysregulated may be your mom texts and you panic and then you stay in that activated, right? In that like energy of like, oh my God right? You stay worked up and then you can't do your work. You can't do your, you like can't do your workout. You can't think, right? You're like in revved up. So that's when we would calm ourselves, ground ourselves. And through these practices, show ourselves that it's safe to be ourselves and to be with ourselves. From there, the next layer of work is really about, um, about having awareness of what our feelings feel like, our emotions feel like in our bodies. Because most of us um, have no idea, right? We're so out of touch with our bodies and, um, and, and we're not aware of how an emotion feels. So do you feel, Sonia, like, you know what your emotions feel like in your body? I, I love that you're bringing this up because I feel like in the past, I've been doing a lot of work of connecting with self right but mm. I I love the somatic aspect because it's so it brings such a different perspective of yeah. our bodies and what it truly means the way that we are feeling certain things mm. so yeah that's definitely something I could work more on yeah 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 where for you do you does it feel like you want more aim like more connection with yourself and your feelings. And especially the awareness, right? I think mm. that's so so key with anything that we're doing, just bringing that awareness to where these feelings are stemming from or, you know, getting a little bit more curious as to why. Right. So I think for me, it would be the awareness. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so awareness can really be as simple um, as doing the things you already do. Cause I'm not out here trying to tell women like do these 17 things that you don't already have scheduled. Right. Like that's the worst advice. That's that. Like, you know, that like cis white dude, who's like, you're going to need to get up at four 30 in the morning and take a cold plunge. And that, right. And then it's like 55,000 other things before 6am. And you're like, yes, ah! like, that morning routine becomes a chore more than like something that helps you. <laughs> right. Well, and also like that's only possible for him because there's a woman who's either his partner or paid like taking care of his life. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so um, doing the things you're already doing, but doing them with aware with intention, 
and awareness. And so before you have your morning cup of whatever it is, take a little breath and ask yourself, one, what does this wanting, this desire feel like in my body? Right? So we talked about confidence, right? And we talked about decision-making. So do you know, do we know what desire, what wanting actually feels like in our bodies? You know a scenario where you're going to clearly want something is that morning cup of coffee, tea, mate, whatever. It's a beautiful opportunity to pause and to feel into your body and to ask, what does it feel like to want this? And then you could take it another step and ask yourself, do I want this? Do I want whatever the cup is that I usually have without thinking about it? Right? Like, do I actually want cafe? Wow, that's so powerful. Mm. Yeah. That's so, yeah. so good. Yeah, I'm like so the, glad. I mean, I can sit here and just bring back so many times where maybe that question would have prevented many times where we're like hard on ourselves for making certain decisions, right? Mm. Um, and it's just that that power of being so in tune with yourself in, in the many levels yeah. that can really impact the way that you make decisions, the way that you show up, the way that you're a better mom, a better wife, a better amiga, a better daughter, all of the things. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Because when we're, when we're out of touch with ourselves, we do things we don't actually want to do, right? We say yes to that making cupcakes for that PTA thing, right? We say yes to hosting the whole family for Sunday dinner when like we definitely have like an event in our business on Sunday and a deadline on Monday and we're like, carajo. But like somebody put this, right? Put the screws to you. I think I'm translating that, right? And like, you feel like you have to because you have to be the good girl. And so you say yes, but you want to say no, you don't. It's hard to have boundaries when you are not embodied. And it's so much easier to have boundaries when you are embodied, right? And so instead we feel resentment. And Mira, I don't think there's anything crueler, anything more cruel we can do to the people we love than to say yes to them from obligation and then resent them. I think it is a deep, deep, deep unkindness. And, and that's not for anyone to have guilt or shame. Mira, I did it for years until I realized it myself. And when we have clear boundaries, we we stay in truly loving relationship with the people in our lives, no? Yes, Maria Victoria, thank you so much for all of this just knowledge and it's resonated so much, especially with just the so many things like the decision making, the commit mm -hmm. over committing to things. Um, I definitely want women to look more into your work and what you're doing. Where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Where do you hang out the most? Well, I have a little regalito for your mujeres. Hay yes. regalos. So if you go to victorialvina.com uh, backslash mujeron, mm. you can download a suite of a meditations, inner child practices, nervous system orienting exercises, and it's all for free just for being your listeners to say 
Thank you so much. I'm just so grateful for the work you do. I'm grateful that I get to be here. And so there's that regalito. Your people can go grab that. Wow. My me placer, 100%. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I give good gram at Victoria Albino Wellness. And I'll just make a little note. If you're like, wait, I thought her name was Maria Victoria. It is. Uh, like most everyone in Argentina eh, and most of South America, I am Maria Victoria. My sister Maria Eugenia. My mother's Maria del Carmen, etc., etc., because Catholicismo. And when we came to the U.S., I, people would just start calling me just Maria, which is not my name. So I anglicized it, right? I made it palatable to, to white U.S. Americans by going by Victoria, but it's not my name. Mm -hmm. And in the last year, with the support of my Latina best friends, I've been going back to my real name, which is Maria Victoria Albina. Um, so my social media is catching up. My website's catching up. Like we're doing all that stuff slowly. So if you're like, pero que, that's why. So, en fin. Victoria Albina Wellness on Instagram. And my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. It's for humans of all gender who want to learn more about a socialization and conditioning and the nervous system and somatics. And I'm so excited to share it with you. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for that regalito. I will definitely make sure to include all of it on the show notes. And I just want to thank you again for this conversation, the space. Mm. I just felt like a virtual hug. Ay, qué alegría. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mujerones. I hope that this really resonated with you. Make sure you connect with Maria Victoria and the Mujeron Movement community. Uh, thank you again so much. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future.